It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is Time Enough Podcast. Hello, welcome to Time Enough Podcast. It's where we discuss all of the episodes of The Twilight Zone and beyond. This is Matt here joining me today. I I, I know she's had a, a run through Star Trek Voyager. I'm listening to her currently going about Star Trek Pod- a Prodigy. It's Charlene Smith. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me back. I think I got three syllables wrong, but as I said, I sometimes I do early morning podcasting and uh. My, my tongue doesn't work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand. My whole body doesn't work until the coffee kicks in. That's, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. I don't know. It's like, I, I do like a cafe latte. Is that, is that faking it? Heat up your milk, put oh, in your instant coffee. No, that's what I make. I have, I have my espresso machine downstairs. It's a little, you know, a little consumer one. But it brews the espresso, steams the milk, and then I put in maybe just a little bit of flavoring. And I do that every morning. That's what I do. Do a space mug? I'm missing a space mug. <laughs> uh, well, this is my space mug. Uh, oh, you can't really see it. I, I got it. I also, got it it's audio. Quick. Yeah, it's think of like Captain Janeway mug, but with a uh, foolproof ceiling lid. It's basically like a sippy cup for adults because I need that. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I I drink the coffee in the morning, but then I just go around slamming plum flavored bottled water in the afternoon. So, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of do that too. I'll drink water in the afternoon coffee in the morning because any later after lunch if i drink caffeine nowadays i'm way too wired i can't sleep and if i don't sleep then i'm a total grouch the next day and that's no good no today's a very dry episode no coffee no no bottled water for today it's all it's all grave. it's all liquor it's the grave so all liquor yeah yeah it's like oh what's that movie we have cabin fevers like we're only drinking beer and it turns out whatever the thing is is transmitted through water so (laughs) (laughs) i saw the opening weekend and not since i I have a very hazy memory of that movie (laughs) (laughs) nice let me do a little trivia on the grave uh the original air date was october 27th 1961 like two several episodes ago, this was written and directed by Montgomery Pittman, who will be back to do the same for one more episode later this season. Lee Marvin played a man named Connie Miller. He was a classic tough guy of the 1950s, playing opposite Marlon Brando in The Wild One, directed, directed by Fritz Lang in The Big Heat, and the star of the TV series M Squad. Later on, he'd star in Cat Baloo, The Dirty Dozen, and Paint Your Wagon. Johnny Robb was played by James Best. Though he had had hundreds of guest star roles in early television, he's probably best known today for playing Sheriff Roscoe P. Coltrane on The Dukes of Hazard. Nice. Brother Martin was Mothershed. You may remember him as the warden and cool hand Luke who spews the classic line, what we have here is failure to communicate. And I don't even think I did the right impression. Again, uh, I'm going to call that to early warning. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's my fault. I asked if you could do this time, and it's very early for you. Oh, I've done earlier. I've with, with UK people. I'll get. I've oh. started at six a.m. start. So this is this is a Oof. seven a.m. I only have to wake up like thirty minutes earlier than I usually would anyway. <laughs> okay, that's good. I don't feel as bad. <laughs> Ellen Willard played Eon Sykes. I, I watched the episode last night being like, I have to remember how to say her name. And it just, I don't know if I just said it right or not. She only had a few professional, it's the character's name anyway, not the actress. I got that right. She only had a few That's professional credits. Yeah, she's pretty much known for this episode. Finally. Steinhardt, oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's like, there are a couple other credits around this time. And the thing that threw me off, and I put in my notes, is we had a brunette Elizabeth Montgomery a few episodes ago, and two, also Ooh. same director writer. And it was just like, it was like same vibe. Maybe that's I don't know Montgomery Pickman's taste or something. <laughs> so. Maybe that's his type. Yeah. We got one more to check, so we'll we'll see what happens in his last episode. Um, cool. Got one more guy here, which is Steinhardt, was played by Lee Van Cleef. I'll let you decide which Lee has the cooler name, as we have two in this episode. <laughs> Van, Van Cleef, oh, that, that, it's Lee Marvin. It's, it's, a, it's a toughie. Van Cleef made his trade in spaghetti westerns, most notably appearing in Sergio Leone's Dollars trilogy. So we got re- we got real Western people in here, at least. I, I didn't really. Yeah, Lee I Marvin, figured. Yeah, but Lee Marvin really was a big catch for uh, 1961 because a lot of the actors, like, they were they became really famous after being in the Twilight Zone, but he he already would have been, like, you know, like a box office draw in 1961. So, you know, he had his own TV show, all that sort of stuff. Nice. I figured these were Western guys and forgive me because I'm not a fan of Westerns. I do not know their names. I do not know their work, but I figured just by the look and the way they performed, this was not their first time doing this sort of a thing. Yeah. And we'll talk, I have a few observations on, on that as well. But um, I mean, geez, how how many people under the age of sixty are in the Westerns? Really, yeah. I was thinking in the late eighties or nineties, like Back to the Future Three. Now they're in the West because we all enjoyed Westerns in our childhood so much. <laughs> kids of that day are like, it's a little yeah. dusty. I mean, great movie. <laughs> don't get me wrong, but it's just like, you know, Spielberg and uh, Zemeckis and all those guys are like, yeah, you you guys want Westerns, right? It's not really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take this one though. This one was fun. Uh, sure, I got the the prologue. Blast it on the screen if you could give me a reading of that, please. Yeah, certainly. Normally, the old man would be correct. This would be the end of the story. We've had the traditional shootout on the street, and the bad man will soon be dead. But some men of legend and folktale have been known to continue having their way even after death. The outlaw and killer Pinto Sykes was such a person, and shortly we'll see how he introduces the town and a man named Connie Miller, in particular, to the Twilight Zone. Yes, sir. That's the end of that. I was supposed to say that before you started, but oh well, I got it there. I could edit it, but I'm not going to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give that back to the early morning podcasting. <laughs> Blame it all on that while Every, you can. Everything dumb I say is because of that. Okay. <laughs> not not for other <laughs> reasons. <laughs> one, one thing. Okay. I, I thought it's a well-made episode. Like you said, they're clearly Western pros, all that. The second time watching this episode, it, I thought it was really funny. <laughs> really? Uh, funny in what way? What was funny about it? How, have you watched much SCTV? Not really. Okay, that was the thing. Uh, John Candy, Rick Moranis, Harold Ramis, uh, late 70s, early 
eighties doing just par like dry deadpan parodies of um television of the time. So they do like okay. the days of our lives. It's it's a um a soap opera that recurs on a show. You watch it like a two hour super cut of it on YouTube, but uh it's everyone is just you know it's played dead seriously. <laughs> You know, okay. But it's just it's hysterical because it's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. Okay. And uh they would occasionally do I, I remember John Candy showed up in a, a clip. He was yeller belly. So he Yeller get, Belly. He'd get freaked How out. Can you by take anything. anybody seriously with that name? <laughs> right. So it showed him on the street and like there's a a woman and son like kind of like make noise behind her like, ah! shoots him dead and like has to run town and you know it shows him in the bar of the next town and they're like you're just yeller oh, you're yeller belly and i was like that was really like the bar scene in here where they're kind of daring him to go to the grave and then lee marvin's just so ridiculously serious i'm like this is and, and, and i realized too okay maybe part of it is also because it is you know the the sheriff from dukes of hazard like uh -huh. you know i haven't seen that show since like 1984 right so <laughs> it's it's in it's in my subconscious at best and i was like i think i picked up on that a little bit <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i guess it is interesting just how uh straightforward and serious he's he is playing this and that maybe is what added to the confusion i had the first time watching through this episode because it was nothing like i was expecting so you said, okay, we're going to watch The Grave. And I thought, okay, probably a ghost story or something like that's taking place in a cemetery. This seems very Twilight zone -y. Cool. Then I look at the thumbnail and it's old Western kind of scenery. And I'm thinking, huh? <laughs> so this there's this episode. The story was nothing that I was expecting really whatsoever. I was expecting more of like a suspenseful kind of creepy thriller i kept waiting to be creeped out but honestly i wasn't not the first time not the second time either i thought maybe that was just a first impression no second time around it was just kind of i have a theory on what really happened and that's about it <laughs> okay not not you're not going to go with uh, the sister's theory that that the ghost killed him okay yeah <laughs> so I, got, I, I got in my notes here okay lots of straight you know lots of straight western i've forgotten all about the twilight zone and and then my final note is that we just saw like a darwin award worthy death so i was going darwin award route <laughs> I, I guess i'm agreeing with the um not with her with the theory um <laughs> i like her. yeah theory, and but... well you would be right if that is in fact how he died that is very worthy of a darwin award because dang dude yeah, yeah. So it, 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 such a serious man having such a stupid death. Like I said, like the sec I, I, I don't require guests to watch these twice or anything. So, but this one I did have because I kind of just um, I like first time I watched it kind of late at night and dozed off and I started and I was like, OK, I should actually just watch this again. And mm -hmm. I was like, second time, I was like, this is funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. So um, I, I actually would recommend people to give it like a double view and um you know, lee marvin kind of doing like a leslie nielsen thing almost <laughs> uh, yeah you know watching it with that kind of context might be a very different experience and i wasn't going and expecting to think that way the second time it just like it just the first time i in my notes i did already know that you know i'm getting seriously sctv vibes as, as i mentioned but uh the second time like i was kind of giggling <laughs> <laughs> and it's a weird episode to giggle at <laughs> Oh, it really is. Yeah. 
<laughs> but I guess that in a way makes it even more absurd and more funny. I can see this angle. Yeah, yeah. So uh, definitely, you know, um, the guy's previous episode was two, which was, I mean, just it wasn't it was a little I mean, you got young Elizabeth Montgomery and Char um, Charles Bronson. That was cool. But otherwise, it, it was a little bit of an iffy episode. It was just like there's not a whole mm. lot going on. So th this one, I think this one's like a lot better and like kind of. Yeah. And feels like you said, you were like, am I watching a Twilight Zone? So <laughs> honestly, if I were flipping channels and just going through classic TV, I would if I had not known what this episode was, I would just think it was some old Western story, <laughs> not Twilight Zone, not unless and until I saw Rod Serling. What is uh, who's on set in this one? So that that's yeah. becoming more of a rarity. Usually they'll have like a crazy like swirly wipe, and he's there because it, it was filmed a different day. But this has uh -huh. on. he comes out of the door. He's on set for this one, so that's nice. <laughs> yeah, cool. You said you had a theory as to how this guy offed himself. Well, I don't think he offed himself. Okay, uh, you're going with the uh, with a more supernatural theory, or nope. I think that the sister did it. I own. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, you got her. Because, you, you know, she too. walks off and she has, like, she has the wind theory, right? Like, but she's almost like giving herself away. Like, oh, that couldn't have happened. So how did it? Maybe she's avenging for her brother or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And just, ooh, he did it. That, that, that could be. And she was inebriated. So maybe the inhibitions were a little lesser then. And, she wasn't too far away. She was walking off, but she could have easily come back and then done it. Maybe she did and forgot she did it since she had just downed a bottle of rye. Would you think she was blackout drunk? Oh, man. I mean, she did have a big bottle. It could have happened. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> so, that's, and, and that's they pegged this family like is not so bright, right? So plausible deniability all over the place with this. So I, I'm actually I, I want to I guess she said rye she wanted rye but um she, I just, yeah I was just reading a book called uh, Cattle Kingdom I'm in the middle of it and uh they were talking about rot gut um <laughs> West what's that <laughs> I, I'm trying to look up the recipe for that uh it was like really insane what was in it do we want to know it, I mean it wasn't like particularly like, dirty it was just like weird okay uh, one one gallon you oh you just make a big mix here okay one gallon alcohol one plug or black twist of tobacco for color one black strap molasses for flavor one handful red spanish peppers for spice five gallons river water two rattlesnake heads per barrel that gives it spirit what okay wow okay what so <laughs> this I, took I, a turn now so maybe that's what she's drinking Oh, I guess. Well, I mean, alcohol lasts a while. You don't need to preserve it. I, I'm, I, and I don't. The book I was reading, I don't remember reading Rattlesnake Head, but the, the rest of it, I remember the peppers being in there. I mean, that's that's weird. I mean, <laughs> I can see why it's called rot gut now because if it's not one thing that's going to get you, it's something else in there. Yeah, yeah. So hey, that could have maybe maybe. Well, I guess he said he specifically was not getting into the rot gut that night, so it wasn't Lee Marvin. But uh, yeah, she has a bottle of who knows what. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Again, plausible deniability. I think she actually did it, but her brother's going to get the blame. And or he's dead, credit. so he can't really. And why not? Why not go for the supernatural angle? Because it creeps everybody out.
Yeah. Well, if it, well, if you do it from the grave, you're you're now a legend, right? So. <laughs> right. Well, and here's a question I have: Is what exactly did Pinto do? Why is he such a bad guy? I didn't quite catch all of that. Well, they start off with the uh, shootout where you know um, Connie has hasn't caught up with him yet, and the rest of the town just off the guy. So yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe he's been cattle rustling, murdering. So. Um, I figured it had to be something along those lines, but they didn't really give tons of context as to what he did and why everybody is shooting him. And then it's that slow build toward the end, which I think is why they start off with the shootout is because you need some action <laughs> to get drawn into the story. But I, I don't understand why they uh, wanted to kill Pinto in this teeny little town. Yeah. I was I was reading about the the bandits in this book too, where it's talking about yeah, most cowboys actually couldn't afford a gun, and you know they probably wanted to stay out of trouble while they were in the red light district of Dodge City. You know, yeah. <laughs> you don't go looking for trouble. The yeah. other one thing that um, most of the lawmen would not go for pistols; they'd use sawed off shotguns. So, <laughs> oh yeah, good point. Good point. <laughs> so, um, Connie hmm. should have been carrying, but yeah, you know, it's not like everybody was carrying a gun in the West. It's just like now in. You know, I live in Japan, so Japanese people tend to assume every American owns a gun, which isn't the uh, case. <laughs> it's not, but I can see why they get there because every it's day it's a people, shooting. Maybe it's because some people own like an arsenal, so that makes up for the rest of us. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, I wonder like per capita, how many guns per capita in the United States? I would be curious to know that statistic because, yeah, I imagine people who do have guns, it's it's sort of like tattoos. You don't just have one. You probably have a few. Yeah. I mean, there are w weird random acts of violence in Japan. So uh, the the third headline a few days ago or last week was something like 90 year old man hammers 78. No, 93 year old man uh, hammers 78 year old neighbor to death because he was annoyed oh. with him. <laughs> but wow. that's, that's the that's the top headline news. So I guess. Yeah. Wow. So <laughs> that, it's that... not guns, but. Occasional violence with other things people, that can be used as weapons in people, Japan. People snapping, that's right. <laughs> well, so, that is the most dangerous thing. Yeah. It's when people are unhinged. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, a, who knows what a crazy, old, very old man will do sometimes. Um, <laughs> right. Is he of sound mind and judgment? I'm going to guess not. But uh, yeah, I, I didn't really get to that level of detail in the article. <laughs> <laughs> no, I imagine not. <laughs> The other thing I really thought about watching this episode was the was was the Bloody Mary game. You know, kids daring each other to Bloody Mary. Do you, do you know know this? Remember this? Did you play this? Kind of. Is it sort of like, a, oh, I double dog dare you? That sort of thing. And you're supposed to, I don't know, twirl in the dark bathroom and look in the mirror with a candle, say Bloody Mary, and then Bloody Mary is supposed to appear <laughs> in the in the um in your mirror or something. I I don't quite remember. Oh, okay. I don't know if I played that game exactly. It reminds me of like the Biggie Smalls thing in the mirror. You know, you say Biggie Smalls three times, he appears. Oh, okay. Well, it's, is it like that? <laughs> it's, it's exactly that. It's just, I guess, okay. uh, let's let's make it cooler and, and not do it with, with um, you know, Mary Queen of Scots now. I think that was the Bloody Mary, if I remember correctly. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so Biggie Smalls has taken her place. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's hysterical. <laughs> so that that's, how, that's how secession works. Mary Queen of Scots, then Biggie Smalls. We'll see who's next. <laughs> yeah like i don't know 100 years from now it'll be somebody else entirely somebody who doesn't even exist yet <laughs> the other thing and this this wasn't actually so much humor with the amount that 
all of the townsfolk who are just projecting their fear onto Lee Marvin is, again, I, funny. <laughs> you know, it kind of is because, okay, one, you have a lot of these guys in the bar who did the shooting, even though we don't know who is whose bullet actually got him. But yet there is that fear, but they weren't too scared to shoot him. Yeah, and I'm, meanwhile, I, I wrote the the line here with um, with with Sheriff Roscoe, who's like, "You hit me and you hurt me." It's, I loved that line. <laughs> I really like that character too. He's you know he's he's like the one sensitive cowboy in this in this whole town who actually has some feelings. He's not totally nerves of or nerves of steel. You can catch more of him in seasons of the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he just wants to play his guitar and have a nice life and not work too hard i understand dude i get you he doesn't understand it once the hazard brothers are out in their car <laughs> <laughs> a show that hasn't aged well and probably wasn't aging well when they made it <laughs> yeah yeah probably not i remember loving it when i was five though so you know <laughs> but, yeah, I was five. I didn't know what I was looking at. Okay, and and I'm from Atlanta. I mean, I I, I keep saying on this podcast, we, we they didn't take the Confederate battle flag off of our flat state flag until like the mid '90s. <laughs> it was a long time. Yeah, and we weren't the last yeah. to do it. I, 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 South Carolina or Mississippi or somebody w- was even later. So it's kind of wild. So yeah. Well, America's definitely taking its time trying to get over its its original sin slavery and yeah. we're still working on that right right but yeah so rednecking isn't quite as cool but this not nicely this he's not a redneck here so yes he's very likable in this one um yeah although he he goes for the most obvious lame reverse psychology bit like ever <laughs> well yeah this is true <laughs> that, that's pretty I obvious where, i think that's where i started thinking about yeller belly <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was like that level of ki- kind of goofy. Um, yeah, it was a little goofy. <laughs> and then the weird thing, well, how do we know you did it? And I'm like, too bad they didn't have a GoPro. They could have solved this real fast now. <laughs> but, uh... yeah, we're a little off in years for that. But yeah, seriously, even a camera. They, they didn't really have that technology either. Yeah, well, uh, not at night, and it takes twenty minutes, I guess. Is yeah, that, right. Is how that works. <laughs> I don't know if that would have worked out because you got the old timey Western uh, photo studios, but you have to stand there for like a five minute exposure, right? So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! I mean, which would have been fine for the night, but like you said, at night, uh, I'm I'm not sure if they were capable of getting that. I just have one more observation. Um, the. I Eon Eon, I think I got it right finally. Um, man, she she bounces back. She had zero hangover the next morning. Man, uh, right? She was feeling good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so okay, I have a couple theories on that too. Either she's like still drunk and the hangover <laughs> hasn't hit yet. Like you just keep drinking to keep the avoid dog, the hangover. Yeah. <laughs> uh or she wasn't actually drinking that and she plays a really good drunk. I, I did write in my notes. Uh, she, I think, yeah, that's some fine drunk acting. So, no, I meant the acting. Yeah. But hey, the characters <laughs> have been acting as well. So, maybe, maybe they both were, but it was fine drunk acting. Absolutely. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, one more observation. I, I totally noticed um, the, the the room for the grave set 
like I'm watching on Blu-ray where it's just yeah. like in way better fidelity than I think it was ever supposed to be viewed. And I'm like, I could see the creases in the wall. Like, yeah. the I are. noticed that too. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I understand this was older TV and they, the budget I'm sure was not there to make this a top notch production, but these are so obviously sets. And yeah, I, I see the crease and then it's windy. I'm like, well, now that I see the corner set, I also see the wind machines that are just off camera, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, right. I mean, I find that charming, you know, but yeah, it's just like, again, I don't, you were supposed to watch this on like a, um, you know, cathode ray TV in 1961. Right. You would never have noticed on that. So, <laughs> oh, no, not at all. Yeah. Let me go ahead and start throwing out. Uh, did you have any big observations you want to make before I, uh, throw some questions out oh golly uh, they love the line look at what the wind blew in it's like the wind is a character in this yeah. episode what i made the wind machine a character for sure didn't i <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for, yeah absolutely so i was wondering I, I have this in my notes uh are they trying to set connie up you know is that why they're doing the bed is that why it was so obvious the the whole ploy and is that ultimately like were they planning on how this was going to go down and did they know it was going to happen for some reason i was hoping there was going to be some sort of poom ching moment and eh, there it kind of was there and it kind of wasn't it just depends on what you think really happened but well, the fact that um lee marvin plays his character so seriously and it's almost like like I, I guess he almost has like anger issues in a way <laughs> with, with some sort of settled. Uh, he has to settle this score with Pinto and we don't even know exactly what it is. Um, uh, yeah, I just, <laughs> I wasn't entirely sure what this was all, all about. So I, I kept theorizing, I kept wondering, okay, wh what's the angle on this whole thing? And it was also a slow mover. So I thought, like, is this supposed to be suspense? Is it a thriller? Like, are we going to get a real gotcha moment at the end? And again, I guess it's an, all in how you interpret it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the nice amount of Twilight Zone is I was just reading another book where it's like talking about how, you know, if you wanted suspense and mystery, you have Alfred Hitchcock prevent, uh, uh, mm -hmm. presents. If you want sci like straight sci-fi all the time and monsters and aliens, you get the outer limits. You know, there's terror for, for terror, but the Twilight Zone just kind of sits between all of those. So it can kind of get away with anything. <laughs> right. And if I suppose it also depends on whether or not you believe in the supernatural, because if you do, you might be more creeped out by this yeah. ending and how it goes down. If you don't, then it's more like a detective story, I, I mm. think. What really happened? You're trying to deduce the real the movements. Well, I mean, Lee Marvin does flip out a little bit at the end once, you know, he, he's scaring himself or whatever, right? So Right. So you could go that way. That was actually played really well. I was like, his pants right his pants aren't dry anymore, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he really might have look, scared himself to death. The look on his face, you know, gave it away. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It was really well done. I like that. And I really liked oh, I'm I forget her name. Who played Ione? Oh, uh, I can get that real quick. Da, 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 da. My bad. I did not Ellen, do... Ellen Willard. Okay. I'm surprised she didn't have any more screen credits. Like, or she like the, besides the handful that you mentioned. Yeah. I Just like, she seems like a decent enough actress. Like, she was a memorable character for what little she had to do here. 
Yeah, the second time I watched it, I was like, geez, she's a little better than someone who just showed up on about 10 productions around 1960. But, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe she didn't like acting. You know, it's not for everybody. <laughs> That's possible. That's possible. Yeah. Not into it. It's like I made a couple of cool things. Uh, but yeah, this is apparently like uh, you look at the week. It's like she's known for being in this episode of The Grave, basically. So huh. that's interesting. So, but so yeah, those I, are my observations. That's pretty much what I have in my notes. I didn't take tons of notes on this one. It's a 25 minute show. It doesn't you don't really have to, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but usually I don't know. The first time I did this show, I had a lot of commentary and this one. I'm just like, uh huh. Uh-huh. That happened. That happened. Well, okay, we're gonna get to some big moment here anytime now. <laughs> the big moment and is then he gets it by his own cloak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. I did put into uh, I, I quoted the slower he ran away, the slower you chased him. It remind me of uh, kind of how people describe Baywatch, which is the faster you run, the slower you go. <laughs> kind of oh, like I, that. I have a great slow sprint. That I'll, I'll use in classes sometimes because, you know, you're showing kids a time activity, but you want to like not, um, you know. Yeah. <laughs> win. <laughs> so I just and they, they think it's hysterical because I'm in full sprint, but going nowhere or going gotcha. very slowly. So I get that. <laughs> Maybe think of the um, that's, that's what the, at least in the, the Lego Batman movie, that's what the, the Joker keeps a, uh, wanting Batman to do. Right. Just chase me a little more slowly, but let's, let's mm -hmm. keep the chase going. I mean, well, any, any Joker really, I guess, is always obsessed with the chase, but doesn't want to right. get caught. Yeah, it's all in the thrill of the chase, I guess. Maybe that's what these two were doing. Yeah, yeah, this could have been your Wild West, you know, Batman and Joker, basically. So maybe, maybe. <laughs> Who in this episode would you say went into the Twilight Zone? Ooh. It depends. You know, I think it was like, Ione. Scam. <laughs> <laughs> why, why or her? Johnny Boy. I'm not sure. <laughs> why? 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 Ione? I I think just because she's the most mysterious character, honestly, of anybody in this story. I don't completely know her motive. She is more up for grabs to be a loose cannon. She's definitely a loose cannon, which I guess for me that makes her feel like of the twilight zone you know okay I, that's fair the uh, which the idea of being some people enter the twilight zone and then you have some characters that are just already there so may yeah okay maybe uh, who would you nominate who went into the twilight zone i'm well um you know there's an argument if it, if it i guess if it ends in death here in the twilight zone right so i i okay yeah i, I felt like connie's like kind of the you know clear choice here and, and the town to some extent that they're living in their fear but uh people can do that relatively that's a real world twilight zone you can get stuck in so <laughs> <laughs> that's true enough right yeah. so but he he def the face he has in the graveyard when he's flipping out is definitely like him in the twilight zone because there's nothing there <laughs> he is, yeah oh, like you okay, said he yeah. might be scaring himself to death so yeah and if in fact that is what happened, then that is a very convincing argument. And um, but let, I'll put my second question for Ion and Connie. Uh, do they deserve their trips through the Twilight Zone? Let, let's start with <laughs> Ion, and who who I guess my deserve is like, well, she's part of it, so that that was my take. But uh, yeah, so she's there, like that's the way that is for her. That's her existence. But for for Connie, I don't know. 
I don't know if he deserved to be scared to death or not, just because I don't know the full backstory of him and Pinto. He was ready to shoot a man dead. He just, he was late. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And since the townspeople took it upon themselves, like, yeah, I don't know. Are they trying to get rid of Connie? Is that it? It's like, we did your job for you. So off you go. So now this episode would be called the gaslighting. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I do like the, the idea that the entire town is gaslighting Connie. Because you know they really are. It's like everybody is so afraid to go to the gravesite. Why is Connie not afraid? You know, <laughs> why are they double dog daring him to do it? We've had forty years of this guy enough. We can make a town plan. We can we can come together to make this happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they're all conspiring against Connie, trying to just run him out of town, which is like, hysterical. <laughs> So, I'm going to have to watch this again and look at it in a funny context. I think I'm going to enjoy it like 12 times more and laugh by laughing at it and just sitting back rather than trying to analyze what might really be going on. Cause that's I, where I, my brain goes. That I, I would recommend that. Cause the first time I watched this, I was like, Oh, did I hand you like, kind of like a, a duffer one that doesn't have much to talk about it. The second, the second time I was just like giggling. I'm like, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do that. I'm going to have to do that. So uh, for, for the listener, yeah, give it another review, too. And uh, just just pretend you're watching uh, SCTV or, or, you know, I guess Saturday Night Live does that sort of stuff, too, if you need more, a better known uh, headline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mentally get yourself in that place. You'll have a good time. Um, my tripometer or the tripometer, I shouldn't claim, well, I, can, I guess I can claim it, but uh, it's zero to five, of course. Five is very trippy. Zero is not trippy at all. Where would you like to place this one? Hmm. You know, I really wanted this to be super trippy, and it wasn't. Not for me. I'm giving it a one. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Westerns often have... I have trouble giving higher ratings to Westerns. I find Westerns to generally be, like, you know, the antithesis of my version of trippy, at least. Um, yeah, like, oh. I was really hoping for some really creeped-out, supernatural extravaganza here, and that's not what we got here. That's not what the story was. Yeah. It's not the story's fault. It's my fault for wanting that. But <laughs> I figured the grave, we're going to be in a graveyard. It's going to kick ass. We're going to have a lot of ghost action. And eh, there really wasn't. El Topa, there's a trippy Western, just in case someone's screaming that at their at their device of listening at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like they don't exist. But yeah, like dust. And I, I do feel like Westerns come across a lot better in black and white. Because yeah. when they're in color, typically everything's brown. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah they need to be black and white right yeah so for me the the weird kind of heightened vibe of the acting from pretty much everyone in this episode i thought that was trippy and i thought the <laughs> death was like so ridiculously stupid that that actually <laughs> up me to giving this one a three for myself wow because of the darwin award yeah yeah i'm just like i, I you know this there's no way this and I mean we could get the jump scare of like a hand coming out, but that that's too stupid for the Twilight Zone. My suspense really was like, how are they gonna end this? Cause he can't just like actually come out of the grave. There has to be some weird ambiguity. And uh they found a totally almost silly way to do it. <laughs> I, yeah, just like, oh wow, the, that if that's the way that went, that's really embarrassing for him. But it's still played, you know, seriously, right? So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 straight laced. 
But yeah, again, uh, when if you if you want to laugh at not laugh at Lee Marvin, laugh with him, laugh at Connie. You can laugh at Connie. Um, you yeah. you can actually do that quite easily. Um, so <laughs> just, yeah, just like because he goes out and just like the least dignified bad guy. Well, not bad guy, but like you know, badass guy. I'm a cowboy kind of way. Because in in five years the. As as the cattle towns died down and all that sort of stuff, it's going to be ah yeah that Pinto he he took down the lawman that couldn't quite get him from the grave that dumb yeah. lawman always late got strangled by his own cloak. Yeah, Pinto's <laughs> a legend now. He's he's Billy the Kid, right? And um, <laughs> <laughs> he can kill people from the grave. That guy. And Connie is a man named Connie. I guess it's not as bad as Sue, but it, it just had me so, thinking about it. Yeah, and it's granted, it's not spelled C-O-N-N-I-E like most female Connies. Mm. It's C-O-N-N-Y. But even so, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's not a, it's not a, uh, it's not like an Eddie or a Bill kind of super macho name. Yeah, for, for the, for the stone-faced lawman, it's a bit of a weird choice, but it There's is so many weird choices in this episode that okay, I'm, I'm, <laughs> the more I'm talking about, the more I'm like, OK, it, this is this is a comedy episode. Uh, <laughs> look, it is more weird than meets the eye, then. <laughs> and also, as a Star Trek fan, Connie obviously makes me think of Khan. Connie. Okay, yeah, Connie. So. <laughs> <laughs> when Japan, you Connie. Which is <laughs> <do> <laughs> nay, nay being like yes, <laughs> yeah, or nay like horse. It kind of has an interesting entendre there. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll pitch up the horses then. Uh, a- any final points you want to throw out? No, I think that's about it. That's all the wind blew in. All right. Um, what are you up to in the podcasting sphere? I guess I guess eventually you're going to be talking about Prodigy again when that shows up again. <laughs> Well, you know what? Uh, Norm and I just today recorded an episode of Mission Log Prodigy where we're doing like a between seasons episode as as much and as often as we can. We did another product review for the first Star Trek Prodigy book. And that- so we talked about that today. It's called Supernova. And it's I mean, it, it, it's not the same exact story as Supernova Part 1 and 2, the episodes. There is some connection, though. I'll say that much. And so that was great. We're going to continue trying to do things in the in-between just because there is going to be such a long gap between the end of Season 1 and the start of End of Season 2 at uh, the end of this year. That's the end of this year. I, I hadn't heard a date on that. Uh, what is, is that a comic book, a young reader book, an actual novel? Oh, it's a young adult book. Okay. I mean, it's geared for ages roughly 8 to 12, but even as Prod- a grown adult, I enjoyed reading it. No, I mean, the great thing about Prodigy is it's really, it's, I mean, when people ask me, I'm, my first thing is just usually, do you like Pixar? <laughs> the answer is yes. Uh, you, yeah. will love, you will love Prodigy. If, if you're like, I'm not yeah. Pixar, I'm like, at least give it a little chance maybe but well, you know. i'm so glad they're doing the books one because star trek has a nice steep tradition of having novels but also any reason to get kids reading doesn't matter if it's a tv show thing or not get kids to read no i've i've been mainlining some trek books the past few months because uh th- thanks to, to dayton ward facebook who at the start of every month will make a post of the um whatever the 99 cent amazon star trek novels are that month so. oh nice cool <laughs> some of them are quite new like the, there was the uh three-part 
that book series that ended the novel verse. I got all oh, those really? for ninety nine cents a few months. Now that they're like twelve bucks for your, yeah. They're, now they're like oh, twelve dang. bucks for the Kindle, but yeah, for a month wow. they were ninety nine cents. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm gonna read that now. <laughs> wow! Oh shoot, I missed out on that. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> I'm a little so, bummed. And make sure you look at Dayton Ward's Facebook page at the start of the month. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not on Facebook. See, I do miss things by not being on social media that much. But honestly, I don't know. Am I? Am I? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I go back and forth on that all the time. I basically Fine. just use the messenger on Facebook, but you know, they give you the same five people, most of which are trick people now. So <laughs> in your feed. Um, yeah, the algorithm knows you. Yes. Uh, as for this, it's time enough podcast. Uh, we're on Twitter. We're on Facebook under time enough pod. And we are under the Patreon umbrella of podcastio podcastius, where you can support us for a dollar or two. Um, in April this month, this month right now, we are kicking off a new podcast. Uh, while we will still occasionally talk about sci-fi films, we've taken the top 100 movies as rated on IMDb, and the top, the bottom 100 movies as rated on IMDb, and we're going to go through all of them. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> films or filth, films <laughs> and filth. Citizen Kane of podcasting, where we decide if the film is film or or filth. So. Uh, nice i love that and that's an ambitious project yeah when i was making the dates i i i had a few office hours let's put it that way and i was <laughs> like okay i'm now making i'm now writing 2026 20, next to movies i think i should probably just stop this for now and not go insane <laughs> oh really <laughs> why does that seem so far away it's really yeah, not but wow well, years, years don't happen anymore right so <laughs> Yeah, concept of time is totally messed up. And I should throw out, you can also hear some video game stuff about um, Pokemon, Luke loves Pokemon. I think they're getting a, a um, Zelda podcast worked up now. So if anyone's into nice those games, they will talk about that stuff. Um, I've been calling it Hyrule Honey, I'm Home, which I'm sure is not the name of the podcast, but I don't know what it is yet. So, all right, <laughs> and, and, cool. that, and, the, and that name is is courtesy of um, not not my sharp brain, but regular guest here, Mark, came up with that one, not not me. Mm -hmm. So, could give credit where it's due. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna. You know what? I I do walk past graves almost every night because of walk home in japan oh hey lots you know you got a temple to a gravesite so i'm not i'm not gonna stop by one and slam a bowie knife into it though so you're not yeah. oh i thought that's maybe why you were brought it up <laughs> I, have, I have a butter knife can i do a butter knife try it see okay. what happens okay I'll see just what don't happens. wear a cloak good 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 call i don't know i carry i carry a travel guitar around with me most of the time so that might it around my neck so mm. could be dangerous well if you're like not online for a couple of days we'll have somebody check on you go check the grave sites yeah we'll know what happened oh the boy went mad and he shot up the town with his brand new gun he cut them down his eyes were wide and his teeth were white and he knew he had to lose, so he had to fight. He was strolling down the street with his rifle in hand. And it felt he had to kill, cause he had to be a man. They taught him in the service how to kill him right. 
And he knew he had to lose, so he had to fight. The light was turning green and the cars began to move. He knew the time was coming, there were things he had to prove. So he leveled off the barrel and he pulled the trigger tight. And he knew he had to lose, so he had to fight. He shot him seven people, they fell down on the street. They never knew what happened, all the friends they'd never meet. His mission was now over, though it was a bloody sight. And he knew he had to lose, so he had to fight. Police sirens pierced the crowd, I did it all, he said, and turned the rifle toward him and blasted off his head. No one cared about the boy before the news that night, and he knew he had to lose, so he had to fight.